0: Birthday. all right emily enough I that's enough enough
1: <laughs> look at that taylor swift mic aren't move
0: when she hits the
2: high notes
1: yeah every high goes
2: this is gonna be the
1: best book you ever read like this is your new favorite book
2: <sighs> i need to go be introverted
0: <laughs> welcome Books in the City <laughs> hey guys, welcome to Books in the City. I'm Becky. I'm Kayla. I'm Libby.
2: I'm Emily. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> ah, I'm Emily. That was a very Disney Channel delivery. <laughs> like, hey, what's up, guys?
1: <laughs> no one can see what I'm doing, but I'm mimicking. And you're
2: listening. <laughs> yeah hey i well, imagine I'm you're listening to yeah. books have in you the guys city seen podcast? the videos where people actually trace what yeah. they draw and it's like nowhere near and then it's like oh, oh it's no quiet. have you seen it? it and it's nowhere near a mouse ear and it's just like squiggles hillary dove
1: yeah yeah and they look miserable so good yeah <laughs> or the one with <laughs> raven i wanted to make one of one of those videos it was so bad. wild
0: they should have done that at Disney World, like made it. Yeah, so you but could Disney World was they kind of like have... separate from Disney Channel. Yeah. But that's the problem. They, if they would have hired me, 12 year old Becky. they would have gotten a full experience. <laughs> Seriously, like I would have paid extra to go to the Disney Channel section of Disney World where I could make the Disney Channel ears. Yeah, yes. so I it's... could. Sit in the living room. It's worth mentioning. Go to the High
1: School Musical gym. Yeah,
0: Yeah, come on now. Do the
3: dance. It's worth mentioning at this point that we've been recording for seven hours and have been drinking all day. (laughs) If if you were wondering
2: how we got
1: off the rails so quickly, clearly.
3: If if you're looking for like
2: a train of thought, I don't know that you'll find it here. We're just
1: at the point where we want to live in Disney Channel. (laughs) I mean, some of us are. Yeah. Some of us do. No, just kidding. Actually, I did go to East High for high school, so. Wow. Oh, your high school was called East High? My high school was East. I'm not going to say the name of the district, wild but it was cats. blank East. Ah. So, And we were the same colors, so I'm an East High alumni. Wow. Were you? Wait, is that what, high school your, musical? Yeah.
2: Wild were Caps? they called the Tigers? I can't say what we no, were, because. Cat. Oh, the Wildcats. 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 Wildcats what team off. everybody well, makes i can't noise. believe i forgot wow. that
0: cat. i should Sing just <laughs> <along>. leave <Everybody laughs> what you're doing all right guys we're well, not gonna get cat. sued by disney all right get your head in the game <laughs> <A-ho>. <laughs> um should we just jump into the fishbowl or what <laughs> that
2: was a <laughs> good seems... transition yeah
3: it seems like the best <laughs> option at this point yeah
2: yeah per usual, i feel like you're familiar with this little fish right, be tank. careful because you've been drinking though
3: Oh, you're yeah, right. Do not fall in. Yeah.
2: Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just a lawsuit waiting to happen. Um, and yeah, so you're gonna sue yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I probably could, and I would win, <laughs> and lose. <laughs> Let's stop. I'm diving in the fishbowl, <laughs> and and I'm gonna pull out ooh, a seasonal question. So <laughs> a seasonal question. This the
0: fish, fish, fish always what? Knows. what kind of fish was holding on to that?
2: Oh, it was, like, a beautiful, like, red, gold, oh, I was purple fish with a long tail. <laughs> Think Angelina Jolie in Shark's oh, Tail. I, I literally knew that's where you were going. I that's love hilarious. that movie. She came out. She was all, like... She's got the lips. Yeah, and she was all, like, <laughs> swervy, and she was, like, Ladies, tell me, what books get you in the fall-slash-Halloween <laughs> mood? That's what the fish
3: Angelina um, Jolie said. Yeah, with her <laughs> Who's big going fish first.
1: Okay, I have like a boring generic answer. Okay, let's hear it. So I'll like try to read one witchy book. This year it's going to be A Witch in Time, which we all heard Becky huh? tell us about. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, it's just like a th- some thrillers, which I You're read right. that is boring. constantly. All so year. my reading habit like doesn't really change for Halloween.
0: My favorite book to get me in the Halloween mood is The Witches of New York and i think i'm going to it was our book club pick last year around halloween and that would have been my reread but i don't know what happened i didn't end up rereading it but i think i do want to li- literally reread it this year because it's so good but there's so many new witchy books that come out so it's almost like i just want to read witchy books so like i guess my answer to this question is witchy books <laughs> so
1: like same as me your normal books
0: yeah <laughs>
3: i feel like I so I used to reread the entire Harry Potter series every summer like in preparation for whatever new book was coming out that July and then I like kept with the habit of rereading them but still like any Harry Potter book kind of gets me in the mood for fall I think with the whole like going back to Hogwarts mm, feel yeah and because I associate it with like rereading in the summer so by the time I'm wrapping the series up like it's time to go back to school and like back to school shopping is happening while I'm rereading it and stuff like that. So I feel like that's my answer. I don't really do like witchy uh, books only in like one season. I, I don't know.
2: Yeah. I like uh, magic e-books. So a lot of those involve witches, but sometimes vampires, sometimes uh-huh, um, vampire- Are you talking about Twilight? Um, I guess they weren't werewolves. <laughs> I don't know what <laughs> no. I'm talking about. Um, Yeah. You guys really didn't like Discovery of Witches, but last year. I gave you the rest of the series around this time. You did. I don't know. I thought about it and then I was like, hmm. But uh, I read Dracula, like the actual Bram Stoker, last year. And around this time, sometimes I'm into like gothic things, like Rebecca, or like maybe I'll read Mexican gothic. Oh, that's a good one. Things that feel like like dark atmosphere so either something magical or or like a darker atmosphere where you're like seasons change and there's the light as the days are not as long and bright and you're just like inside and thinking about Emily I think you know
0: just to like skim the notes for today's episode I feel like the book you're (laughs) peaked and I feel like the book you're talking about might fit this aesthetic but I mean uh, Oh no!
3: We were Emily's to been look yelling at his and You cheated to look at what she was Why talk did you about. Stroll? It was going
0: to be a grand I'm sorry, unveiling. I'm just, I'm just trying to get the people excited. I didn't say what it was. I just said it's it'll fall, be a good but. way
1: to. She's mad that you
2: know. Jeez. It is fall. It's fall, brimes. I wanted to. We'll move on. The people will get excited, but my yeah. It yeah, was yeah, I did stole not. my thunder, oh. and I was gonna be like. Uh-oh. you I did read not, my line oh for my me God. and i was gonna say and you know, i was gonna say that the book i was gonna talk about later shouldn't oh, really fit the theme I guess oh i guess me and emily and are we in a fight want a know? housewives reunion <laughs> <laughs> no 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 that's why that's why i chose i mean top secret info is um i chose the fishbowl question oh. today. oh what to match chose your the fish. Wait, how'd you I do that her out
0: what I thought you were she sticking put it your Right hand for Angelina Jolie. I thought you stuck your hand in. We communicated in advance. I,
2: like, I was like, Angie, do me a solid Because Angie? If we work together, we could really make this episode. Hey, Angie. Do me, me a solid.
0: Wow. I'm
1: literally <laughs> looking up what her character's name was in, the, in that
2: movie. Yeah, I don't know. There was like an offensive type Jamaican oh, jelly. Sure I will never forget Will Smith's character
1: was like, because they live under the water, and he's like, I have the best idea Bottled water And <laughs> it's so not funny But like as a kid I thought that was like the funniest
2: Stuck thing I've ever heard Stuck with yeah. Oh yeah the funniest uh, word for me is when they were doing Lola, oh, Lola. What that's is it? Tail. You've never
1: seen it? No is it? Is it like Disney? <gasps> it's DreamWorks Jack Black
0: is the oh, main shark Oh that's why I don't Lenny.
2: like Oh my god it's so funny I don't like Jack no. Black and the, the end song is the yes, And uh, I thought the funniest thing was they have like starfish read out the names of like celebrities. And there's one little starfish and he has this high pitched voice and he goes, God Stewart. <laughs> and I thought I it was like the I'm funniest thing. I like I'm on some thing. island
0: right now. Like I just don't know. What oh my God. Like. It's so good. You have to watch it.
2: I don't know if it's the kind of thing that's like Shrek where you watch oh, it as an adult and it's Shrek still kind of so... funny. But, but Shark I... Tales was like. But it's DreamWorks. I feel like it's like. DreamWorks, yeah. My um, family was really into DreamWorks because it was something that like the adults didn't mind watching <laughs> alongside yeah. the kids. And then as an adult, I realized they snuck in all mm-hmm. this innuendo that made it funny for my parents. And I Shrek? was just like, Sh- <laughs> "Sure, Shrek is a timeless <laughs> movie,
0: but it should not be on Broadway." But that's
2: another yeah. conversation.
0: They're making a br- Broadway show? Oh Whoa. no, it was already one. They
2: made it. Oh, incredible! I would pay to see oh. that. How did we get here? You can go to like any high school yeah, just, they probably yeah. have Shrek the Musical
0: running. Before we start talking about books, happy birthday to Emily. Today's your birthday. Woo! Okay, wow. do you
2: love or hate that your birthday is the 21st night of September?
0: Love, love it too. Love it. Do you?
2: Love it because I feel like more people claim the September mm-hmm. song than deserve it. And I was like... Do you remember the twenty first <laughs> night of September? Because I do, because I was born, and it was impressive <laughs> and important I in there. my life. Oh. So. It's fun too, because like do
1: every time remember? I've ever been out on September twenty first, every bar plays that song, and it's just like like a weird, fun, drunk moment. I wish we could be out right now. Yeah. Yes. Wait, so Emily, what are you doing to celebrate right now? She's dancing in September. <laughs>
2: dancing. Yeah i'm bad, I'm bad oh know. you know uh-huh. as you do love doing that never was a cloudy day yeah. come on come on no oh but really God. what are you doing um in terms of planning i'm sure um i'm gonna live life by the <laughs> britches and figure it out that day because that's how you mean today i always am
0: by the today. britches <laughs> But <laughs> all right well guys By i guess you gotta stay tuned yeah, to, uh, to emily's instagram. instagram to see what she's feel doing.
2: feel free to send me cupcakes <laughs> yes. or uh lemon flavored girl scout cookies um pastries dude honestly if you sent me lemonades it's not i be- season i mean i i would be speechless it's yeah it's impossible they'll probably be stale getting them in september <laughs> she
3: ordered them on amazon or something
2: <laughs> oh god so funny but geez, yeah if that's like going to be, if you write me an IOU, I'll get you some lemonade cookies in March when they're around. Wow. <laughs> I've I'm confused. earned my trust and love. I'm just throwing it out there. In terms of gift ideas, I feel like, you know, doing that. Wait, All but right. do you like birthdays? I feel like every year is a different. Some years I'm like, eh, I don't feel like doing much and that's fine. Some years I don't do much and it makes me sad. And some years I do a lot and then I feel like, it it's too It was a big, memorable year. Oh.
0: oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, anyway. I think that's birthdays in general, no. though, right? Yeah. I love my that's birthday life, every man. year. <laughs> no.
2: <laughs> it's just another year around the sun. So should we talk about books? Yes. <gasps> Can I go first? Please. I can't wait to yes. hear you talk about this. I'm done. Okay.
1: <laughs> Round two. Okay. Please go first.
3: <laughs> I am excited to talk about the book that I read, which... Goes on sale in two weeks. Everyone mark your calendars for when this goes on sale. I read The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue by V.E. Schwab. Yay! Um, oh, my God. It goes on sale October sixth, 2020. It's from Tor Books. I, the first line of my notes is, you guys, this book. So uh, that's just setting the tone for the rest of the book. I wanted to keep in in line with our recent, like, Devil theme, you know. You guys have been talking about a lot of devils lately, (laughs) toward the end of summer. So I'm the
1: fifth member of this podcast. Oh
3: my god! (laughs) Yikes! No, (laughs) it's us. Insane!
0: Oh my god!
1: We need to like, (laughs) we
0: we need to to sage the podcast
1: exorcism.
3: (laughs) So I am joining in and like jumping on the bandwagon and talking about another. Faustian tale that I loved so much quick full disclosure I work as I think everyone knows I'm in publicity in publishing I work for TDA which is like the umbrella imprint over Tor but I did not work on this book so just putting that out there but I wish I did work on this book because it's so good (laughs) I'm that's enough okay so the book is about as the title would suggest a character named Addie LaRue
2: which is a great name. Yeah. Totally so her full name's name. Adal- Adeline LaRue. Ooh, still oh, good love name. That name. Still
3: very good. Um, And it's the name is very important to the story. Like what her name is, who's allowed to say it is a key component. So it starts off, we flash back to the early 1700s. Um, we meet oh. Addie LaRue when she's growing up in a very small French town. And. She has a mom and a dad. She's kind of this like dreamer child. And definitely it was like a time that was not conducive to, you know, dreamer women. Like you were basically expected to to get a husband and have babies and die after you couldn't have babies anymore. <laughs> so this is kind of like something that she's working against from a very young age her whole life. Her dad was a, a wood worker, like a whittler and a, f- a woodower
2: huh a wood wood-o, widow widow woodower <laughs> no what? so
3: anyway her dad whittled <laughs> wood and a few times
2: a I year I mean that's equally <laughs> ridiculous uh,
0: he was a woodworker like a wood you know okay, okay that's okay. what they're called Emily yeah they whittled they were
2: like f- fun jokes that no one played off of and it's like, <laughs> let's move on <laughs>
3: insert the crickets So, anyway, a few times a year he would travel to a slightly larger town nearby and he would sell his wood pieces. And one year, I think when Addie was seven years old, she got to go with him and it was like a whole new world. Like her eyes were opened. The world is bigger than her small town. Like she, it just added to her kind of like dreamy nature. And she, like her head was just full of even more dreams and goals and aspirations. So fast forward, you know, she's like going through life in this small French town and eventually her mom stops letting her go with her dad because it's not done for a woman, you know, to travel with her father after a certain age and she should be looking for a husband, all of that. She meets this woman in town uh, named Estelle. And sh- Estelle is this older Ooh. woman who never married, never have children. And she's kind of like this eccentric, you know, almost witch figure in the town.
2: A.K.A. Emily's future goals. Emily. Estelle, <laughs> A.K.A. Emily.
0: You, you're you hoping to be like a, an old spinster. The witch of the spinster? town. Quirky weirdo. The spinster. Yeah.
3: <laughs> so... So Addie starts spending a lot of time with Estelle. She starts learning about uh, what Estelle does is praise to the old gods, she calls them. And it involves like, you know, leaving personal items like in the field and or like in the river. And that's when you're praying to the river god and, you know, for whatever oh, you may cool. need. So Addie kind of like becomes enamored with Estelle and starts taking on her prayer to the old gods. And Estelle has always had this warning to just never pray to the gods after dark because those are not the old gods. Those are gods that you don't want to bargain with. Like you don't know what you have to Ooh. offer, like in exchange for what you need or what Night you're praying gods. for. So <laughs> that's just been like the warning from day one. Whatever.
2: Do they have chaotic energy? Because I feel like they're in control. Well,
3: <laughs> you'll find out. See, you can't be Estelle. Estelle never prayed to the the old gods after dark but i feel like you would (laughs) so anyway (laughs) Addie, you know continues to grow up she's able to actually avoid marriage she can you know she's praying to the old gods to to basically her whole dream is to just like leave a mark to have a life that leaves a mark and just to like become more than what is expected of her Mm -hmm. so she's able to avoid marriage um there's a few like suitors and she'll like pray to the old gods and conveniently those suitors will turn to another like eligible young lady in the town so she's able to avoid marriage for 23 years which is you know in this time like was kind of old but unfortunately there's an (laughs) Uh old man in the town (laughs) who becomes a widow after his wife dies no that's a widower that is a widower that's a real word (laughs) oh my god so it all comes back and is looking for um another wife. He's not picky, Ooh. so he settles on Addie, who is older, and he, yeah, 23.
2: What, years 23? Old. Yeah, wh- oh what an God. ancient so,
1: creature, guys. We are so old. So what are we dead? So it's sad, to the world. You know,
3: like you, you have high hopes, and then she kind of is just roped into a marriage like everyone else in the town. Oh, no. So. It's the night of the wedding. She spent this whole time leading up to the marriage, uh, praying to the old gods for some way to get out of it, like just anything, She, you know, whatever. And they don't intervene. And it's the day of the wedding. She's going to have to go through with it. She's walking with her parents to the church and makes up an excuse, like I forgot something at the house, it has to go back. And she goes and ends up just kind of like running toward the woods. and. Oh my god! Good for her praying. Yeah. She's like, get out of there. She gives up like one of her final possessions in prayer, and she's just desperately praying to the old gods to not have to go through this marriage. She's so desperate, her eyes are closed, and she doesn't realize that the sun has set, so it's dark, and oh, she's shit. praying to the gods the night after gods. Dark. Oh my god! My people. So,
1: oh my god! She
3: opens her eyes, realizes it's dark, is kind of like, oh, what have I done? Shit! But nothing's really happening. Until everything kind of goes still and this guy shows up and oh I should have mentioned this earlier sorry when she went to town with her dad he got her a sketchbook so she's drawn this this guy in her sketchbook like several times she's perfect his face everything this guy that she's been drawing her whole childhood shows up it's him oh my god so she just imagined his face and that's what she was always drawing Whoa. yeah she was just drawing like something she, it was sort of like a f- she would fantasize about him as a girl like it wasn't and now he's he's like here like a crushy <laughs> thing yeah yeah, yeah. so uh, so <laughs> oh she's what
2: she's, can i get that to work for me <laughs> show everyone yeah. it. Start drawing my artistic line. skills are like stick figures so knowing <laughs> my like i'd get like a stick man like me drawing Harry Styles over and over.
0: A stick figure guy just walks into Emily's life and he's like, I'm here. He's
1: like, hello. You rang.
3: I'm the one you want. Oh my God. Yeah, right. All right. So he shows up. She's like, What have I done? But also, is this going to get me out of marriage? Amazing. Oh. But also, so hey. He, he's like, What do you want? Uh, like, why am I here? What you? do you want? She's like, Basically, I want, so I don't want to belong to anyone. I want to. Oh, I don't want to do this. Well, so. no. First, she's like, "I don't want to get married," and he's like, "This is trivial, you humans with your tiny wishes." I don't have time for oh, this. Oh, well, he's not a human. Just listen. So she oh. <laughs> she's like, "Wait, no. I want. I don't want to belong to anyone. I want to leave a mark." I'm and she kind of goes more into detail with her wish. He interprets it, you know, like these these devil figures are always tricky and like twisting your words, and your words matter. So she's not quite you know like he's like okay done deal they kiss on the deal and it's sealed so she kind of like comes to in this field again sorry I'm talking so long this is just the intro like I swear I'm not ruining anything she comes to in the field she's like what happened it's dark like it's fully at night now she wanders back to her parents house and she's like ready to apologize for running off and you know like hopes they'll forgive her but that knows that she won't be happy in this marriage, whatever. She gets to the house and they don't know who she is. Her mom... She's like, mom, I'm sorry, all of this. And her mom is like terrified of her. She's like, oh I don't God. have a daughter. Oh, so my God. So Addie spends some so time like going through her town. She had, a, she had a childhood friend who she tries to go to for help. And her friend is like helpful at first, you know, and willing to take a stranger in. But the second, this is like Addie early learning her curse. The second a door closes between her and another person, she's wiped from their memory. So her friend, oh my God. you know, is like willing to help her and get no. her some food. She leaves to go like her husband's coming home. She leaves to go greet him and let him know that she's someone's here. But the second she walks outside, it's forgotten. So then they come back in and it seems no. like there's a total stranger in their house. So Addie now is immortal. But the flip side Ooh, is nobody has- remembers who she is. She will never. Oh, God. Leave a mark, oh but she'll God. never belong to anyone. So, uh, oh my gosh! So, 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 so
2: a very literal interpretation of her wish. Yes. As all of this is happening,
3: you're also flashing forward to 2014. So this is 1714 at this point when she like makes the deal. It's um, July 29th, 1714. You flash forward to 2014, and it's Addie existing in New York City, like in modern times.
0: So Ooh, I just got goosebumps for some so reason. so the rest of
3: the book flashes between these two timelines. 2014 um, is like moving kind of day by day, starting in March. And then the flashbacks are just basically like the early years are her learning her curse and like figuring out the rules. Like she is not able to say her name. If oh. she starts to tell her story, everyone listening to her just like goes blank and doesn't absorb any of it oh my god she's not able to like write her name um as time goes on her her curse adapts to technology so she's not able to like use a computer send a text like any of that whoa so the past is really really cool the past timeline because you're just going through these wild like the french revolution you know like crazy historical moments that she is able to be a part of and also just like as she's adapting to um her limitations and like figuring out you know like she is able to steal because nobody sees somebody who successfully steals so she's like figuring you know like how to just like survive day to day it gets like a little dark as she figures out like just basic survival things in those old times and every year on the day that she made this deal this man who she drew in her sketchbook visits her. So he's not, he's not oh the gosh. devil. Do they fall in love? He's
2: not the devil. He's Do like, they fall in love? I'm not answering. It sounds like a hate to love. Cause I would <laughs> listen, be like, listen, you listen, listen. It sounds gets, like a same time
3: next year. I'm taking too long talking about the oh intro stuff, but I'm not talking about later plot. So like it's because it'll spoil stuff, but uh, he visits her, you know, she obviously hates him because he has ruined her life. Mm-hmm. And every year he visits her and he's like do you surrender your soul like all you have to do is surrender and you know that's it and she is like I love I'm obsessed with this character Addie because she's so like hard-headed stubborn like such a dreamer also so like in love with life even through the really terrible things that happen to her as she's like figuring out how to survive like this and just her general like stubbornness she's just like no I I will never surrender. Like it doesn't matter how bad it gets. No, you're not getting my soul. Um, Aww.
1: So that's the past. I like Addie. That's the past timeline. You know we're
3: going through time. Wait,
1: I have a question. Do you follow her from then to now? Yeah, but you jump obviously. Or is it mostly okay? So you jump. You'll so like the Depart. first
3: five or so years after the curse, you're like getting a lot of you know like pretty close dates mm. in between or like almost yearly but then you'll get like large jumps in time. Okay. But in the 2014 timeline, you know, you've seen she's been alive for 300 years at this point, 323 years. Um she's living in New York. She's like I love it here because there are always surprising things. Like she's been alive for 300 years, so you would think it would be hard to surprise her, but it's cool how she writes about New York because it's like there's always you can never see all of New York. So it was like a nice heartwarming, like also kind of sad thing while I was reading it in quarantine. But (laughs) she is in New York. She's like kind of figured out how to leave her mark on certain parts of history, which I'm not going to get into because it's really, really cool how that happens. But you're sort of like hearing her think in hindsight about like what marks she's left so far and how she's continuing to um, leave her mark even in this world where nobody remembers her. So she goes to a bookstore one day and
2: McNally Jackson.
3: No, it's not real. It's, fake, <laughs> but it's in Brooklyn. She steals a book. That's kind of like, you know, she can't get a job obviously because nobody remembers who she is. So she never has money. So she has to just steal everything. So she steals the book and she gets caught by this, the bookstore guy, his name's Henry. And he sees her and he's like, what are you doing? You can't just take that, and she thought she made it like scot free because she thought the door closed and she had made it out, and he would just forget about her. But turns out he saw her. She didn't quite escape. So oh, I see.
2: She's like,
3: she's like, uh, sorry, I I just wanted this book. I don't know, whatever. They have a conversation, and he's like, whatever, it's worth nothing. Take it. So she goes back the next day with the book, and she's like, hey. I wanted to exchange this. My friend got it for me as a gift, but I don't want it. Can I get something else? And he's like, are you joking? I remember you. You're not exchanging this book.
0: <gasps>
2: and she was like, after oh 300 years? That is the
3: first time she has ever heard anyone say those words. I remember you. Oh, my God. And that is, I think, all oh I'm going to say. I, sounds like Whoa. I told you a ton, but obviously there's so much that happens. You flash back and forth and so like present day is kind of her trying to figure out like why the hell can this Henry kid like remember me? What is this? And then mm-hmm. flashbacks are sort of her developing relationship with her own curse and with the devil slash she calls him the darkness and then eventually calls him loose or Luche, like Lucifer. <laughs> and original. It is so good so good oh my gosh
0: literally for those of you listening all four of us are grinning <laughs> right now like so it excited. is
2: got something for everybody yeah devils i feel like historical fiction it really does they yeah love
0: i'm so excited about this historical
3: like monumental historical moments the deal with the devil there's romance there's like suspense there's
1: family I can't stuff wait. I, can't wait. I have a question yeah is this going to be a series? No. Okay, I kind of like that. And mm-hmm. I did
3: finish it, and I was like, fuck, I want to read another book of this. Because oh, it shit. leaves in a way, I I obviously won't get into it, but I wanted more. But I also think it's like the best that it's not a
1: series. <sighs> oh my God, I
3: can't Well, wait. this author, V.
2: Schwab, has so many other series yeah that's why i wasn't sure the villain series i really want to read but i read the first book a darker shade of magic which is like a trilogy or something and i didn't get like story i have that but i haven't read it yet i haven't read anything by her this was my first book by her. but i own it sounds really different in concept to a darker shade of magic um the darker shade of magic didn't end in a way that i had to pick up the second one it was just like the second one is there okay if i want to read it that's Mm -hmm. how we felt about it like, I, I would probably... I didn't hate the first one, but I wasn't like, I need to know what happens next. Like, it felt like the first one almost sat in its own... Oh, yeah. ...system. But you would get more if you kept reading. Okay, yeah. I, I was looking on her
3: Goodreads, um, or, like, when I was marking this on Goodreads and rating it, which I gave it five stars, by the way, if you couldn't Yay. assume. <laughs> um, she...
0: I feel like I've already given it five stars and I haven't oh even read God, it Oh, my God. I hope yet. you
3: guys all love it. I can't wait to discuss. But um, she... Said like this is ten years of my tears, sweat, blood. Oh, like whoa, she's apparently been working years. on this for a really long time. Yeah, and whoa. you can tell in a good way. Like it's oh good. It's just like I'm also now obsessed with her writing. Like I I want to start those series cool. very soon.
1: Uh, I saw her um last year at BookCon. She like moderated a panel, oh, yeah. and it was like the author of Carval. That's the reason why I was there, and like two other fantasy authors, but she was like the star of the panel even though she was just the moderator yeah
2: um what i remember it sounds like she's good at creating these like female characters that defy archetype because that's what i really liked about um darker shade of magic is the lead female character was like gritty and resourceful and like cognizant of Define archetypes so that's what I liked like that was the big thing that I remembered like yeah there was magic and I remember a little bit about it but I remember her being like badass and I was like yeah I
3: love I'm like fully in love with Addie she is oh. so cool and like nice <laughs> it's just it was like I don't know like she it's it like managed to oh my god I'm like really gonna seem drunk and sound stupid right now but <laughs> I feel like this char- her using this character, she was able to like reflect on all of the best parts of being human without like becoming cheesy or like overly, you know, precious about anything like because Addie obviously every year went through a lot of shit and it was like clearly, you know, it weighed it would weigh on someone to like never be remembered or like every Failed relationship is not actually failed. It's just like a, they don't, there's just nothing there the next day when you see these people you've been like seeing every day for two months or something like that. But oh, yeah. the way that she's reflecting on like her years spent like just doing the bullshit like between big moments, like day to day stuff and all of the beautiful things she's seen in those moments, it's just like the most convincing, like, uh, testament to being alive i feel like that i, I have read that. it was so good
0: you. Ugh, i can't I- wait. I'm so glad that you had this we had this discussion because i've already pre-ordered multiple versions <laughs> oh, yeah. of this
3: wow. you said that on the last um,
0: yeah <laughs> i si- i uh, bought the limited edition owl crate version Whoa. so it's like a special edition version plus a box full of curated items based on the book that V.E. Schwab like oh I kind of want that's really cool as soon as I got the email it was like I had the email for like 10 minutes and I was like I'm signing up and like I was texting Nicole our illustrator Nicole and I was like oh my god should I it's kind of a lot of money but should I and she was like yeah and she also has Illumicrate which is like a fantasy box from like England whose book for October is going to be this book and so she got both the Owl Crate and that one because it's like you get a special edition cover and, and like it's gonna be being like, like we're gonna have right. to see. i'm gonna have to buy even more editions i feel like and i already know i love this book I, think. <laughs> I
2: need some first of all pictures second of all yeah all her all her covers are like really cool in all of the yeah. other series they're like red and black and white and gray or something mm-hmm. and they all have like a figure on the front and stuff this it's one's got
3: the so addy's got this defining feature of like seven freckles across her cheeks and the bridge of her nose um and you know it's like a mini constellation like that's what everyone is like comes to mind for everyone that's who awesome. sees Girl, her
2: that's like the look on
0: instagram right now everybody wants it <laughs> yeah
3: so the cover has this really but cool have you seen that
0: have you seen the cover it's like a yeah yeah the stars
3: is mean. on the cover it's really it's it's also beautiful it's such a beautiful book even if it was in just a black and white cover everyone should read
1: it it's so good
3: uh, can't wait. yeah um, okay i'm going to stop sorry i went for so long
1: kayla what did you read okay i read they wish they were us by jessica goodman <laughs> i'm so excited to hear you okay if i had to explain it in a sentence it's gossip girl meets pretty little liars meets my sorority hazing experience oh
0: shit oh, yours
1: yeah so I don't I feel like no one knows this but like in another life but like a real <laughs> life um <laughs> I went to school at the University of Rhode Island for one year and I was in a sorority oh, yeah. there and I literally just like right. rushed pledged and in, it got initiated and then I left the school
2: <laughs> um, so are you <laughs> still technically a member of the sorority yeah but like I,
1: I yeah. <laughs> like I forget Not paying your dues yeah I forget, like I'm it's just like not a part of my life. Things in this book like literally like triggered what I went oh, through, no. but we'll get to it. Okay, so first thing before I get into it, this book takes place on the and I'm quote unquote Gold Coast of Long Island. And I was like, is this a real thing? Cause like oh you were like, is this a real <laughs> Yeah, well, okay, but here's the thing. Like I'm like so bad with directions everywhere I go, like <laughs> I need a map. Like and I'm also from like more eastern Long Island and like Western Long Island, closer to the city, is where like Gatsby is. Like uh, money is there. Like like the West Egg. Yeah, you Egg, West Egg. Like it's a thing. It's a Long Island thing, but like not really where I am. But it's like North Shore is money, and like I'm from the South Shore. Like the Billy Joel quote is like a rich girl from the North Shore, a cool girl from the South Shore. <laughs> oh yeah, I'm what? the cool girl from the South Shore, <laughs> even though I'm not cool. Nice. Oh yeah, you, you are, are cool. But I so, know. but I was like. Is Gold Coast the place? So I was like Googling it, and the only thing that comes up is Ohika Castle, which it might not sound familiar to you, but it's where Kevin Jonas got married. So it has a place in pop culture so, history. There's a castle. It's like. On Long Island. So it's like just a super, super ubi,
2: ubi. Ubi. That's your nickname now. I'm Doodle, your ubi. Doodle, an ubi. Oh my god. Oh my it's god. It's probably not that funny. I'm not hopping in an Uber. I'm hopping in an Ubi. <laughs> oh my god.
0: Wow. Oh my god. <laughs> okay.
1: It's like this super, super Uber <laughs> wealthy uh-huh. area. It's like this super, super. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's an Ubi wealthy area. I think it's <laughs> Ubi wealthy.
1: it's like this super super wealthy area of long Island, and in the author's note this author is from long island which i thought was a little interesting because i had some critiques about the long island isms of it but she said that she was inspired to place a book on long island because there's such there's so many areas that have so much wealth next door to like where i live basically um Like, I'm not wealthy, but I live by, like, these insane mansions. I'm not far from the Hamptons. But, like, anyway, what I'm trying to say is I live I live, and I'm more familiar with, like, the Hamptons kind of wealth than this Western Long Island Gatsby, quote, unquote, this fake Gold Coast. So that's why I was like, is Gold Coast real? Because, like, it's just not a thing to me, but it's not. She, like, made this up. Like, there's town names mentioned. I was like, I don't know. I thought it was weird because there's so many, like, real places she could have said it. But anyway, that's just me being, like, nitpicking she wrote like this one character like she wrote their long island accent in oh and it just like it was so cringy Weird. to me because like you guys heard my mom speak. So like you know what the accent is like and the way she wrote it like it sound it read like boston and i was like everyone's from long island so like they'd all have the accent like I I don't know, it kind of just like felt like overkill and like playing into it. Mm. And then obviously it had an obligatory Billy Joel reference in the book (laughs) because apparently that's like all Long Island is known for. Okay. Okay. So Gold Coast is this elite school on the East Coast. And apparently it's like one of the top, like it's like middle school to high school, but it's like one of the top prep schools on the East Coast. And At this school, the most popular kids are known as the players, and there's a set of players in every grade from, like, freshman year to senior year. There's eight players in each grade, and... Every year, the seniors choose, like, which eight freshmen to initiate. So they have to be, like, nominated, and then they, like, go through and, like, pick who they want.
2: Oh, interesting. interesting. So
1: the players throw the best parties. They have this, like, app where they have access to, like, old tests and, like, study guides and things so they can cheat pretty much. And this, the players have gone on forever. So there's people that, like, work in college admissions at these Ivies or, like, work. Whoa at like hedge funds and all these things so it reminded me a bit of like the secret societies at like yale or something but yeah like but in high school and they have like the best seats in the cafeteria like stupid things (laughs) like that (laughs) so the main character of this book is jill and she is a player but she's on scholarship and no one at school knows that and that was a little bit of a plot hole to me because the way that they describe their houses like everyone else is like Houses all over the world. These insane cars and stuff. And, like, she's a normal girl on scholarship. And, like, I don't know. Like, it seemed, like, obvious the juxtaposition. But no one knows that she's on scholarship. She's, like, kind of ashamed of it. She doesn't want anyone to know because, like, she's a player. So, it starts on their first day of senior year. can I ask how they choose
3: players? Is it, like, a competition?
1: So, it's kind of, like, um, I'm not going to say how she was chosen because, like, that was, like, a really interesting plot line. But, like, Jill's brother is a freshman. And they're, like that becomes a bit of a thing like all the other players her year are like do you want Jared to become one and she's like kind of torn about it but he pretty much he wouldn't have become a player if his sister wasn't so it's kind of like nepotism but then also if you're super rich if you're the prettiest girl if you're like a star athlete what your parents do like okay stupid elite like rich kid things really okay so the book opens on the first day of senior year and when every year when they get to school on the first day they have to attend a memorial service for this girl shayla who was jill's best friend Uh, who died when they were a freshman uh, and she was murdered by her boyfriend graham oh my god and shayla and graham were both part of jill's like generation of players so Jill's generation now only has six members yeah. and it's kind of this like unspoken Ooh. thing they don't really talk about Wait, how Grant she died is in jail
2: maybe Graham.
1: yeah he's in like he's in jail for her murder Oh my
3: god
1: They like don't really talk about what happened but you can tell right away that there's like more to the story than what everyone else is fed. So the first half of the book is really about the players. Like they're throwing these crazy parties and like they go through the process of choosing new freshmen and initiating them. And as this process is going along, it becomes more obvious to the reader that like Shayla's death was linked to their like hazing slash initiation into the players. And since Jill is a senior now, she's like, we have the power, like, we can make it different. Like, so much of it is, like, so sexist. Like, they do these things where it's called a pop quiz, but they call them pops. And it'll be, like, this random task you have to do. And it could be anything from, like, in the middle of the night, like, go get me, like, a six-pack of Bud Light and, like, these donuts from this diner that they all go to or like kind of like some darker things and it's like it becomes this whole thing that the girls have it way worse than the guys do. So Jill is like thinking back to all the things she had to do that were really like unsettling to her but she brushed it off because she was like I'm just it'll be worth it and she wants to make a change but her friends like aren't having it because now they have the power and they're like well we went through it like these kids can go through it. I hate that. So reading about what the freshmen had to do made me uncomfortable because. I was (laughs) hazed. Like I've gone through things like what they did, not as bad as they did, like things that they had to do and like the amount of alcohol they had to drink reading it. I was like, this is insane. Like they're 14, they're freshmen in high school. That was really unsettling. And I think also because my high school experience could not have been any more different. Like I think I went to one party. I didn't drink at all in high school. So like reading this, I was like, this is like, it's unrealistic, but it's not it's just like my life was so different but like the things that they have to do like it made me like uncomfortable to read almost so anyway like halfway through the book Jill gets a text from this girl Rachel Calloway who is Graham's sister so if you remember Graham is the one who killed
0: Jayla. Mm-hmm.
1: And she's like, my brother's innocent and you know it. There's more to this story. <gasps> oh. So at the same time, though, Jill is like questioning what the players are and if everything was worth it and kind of like how she came to be at this point. So it's kind of like a perfect storm. So she is like I kept my mouth shut and like didn't inquire more into what happened to my best friend. So she kind of she starts talking to Rachel and starts learning more about the evidence and like how messed up it was that Graham was even convicted of her murder in the first place. Her and Rachel start like looking into things. And that's literally all I'm going to say because I was so wrong about who I thought wow. like how I thought everything was going to go. Oh. I know that I'm a speed reader, but this is a super, super fast read. It's like. I think it's 320 pages, but the pages are like short, okay. so it's so not you read really in like that two minutes. <laughs> no, um, but it's it's really not oh. that long, and it's also like there's so many aspects of it are, that are so interesting. Like I think rich people behaving badly will always be interesting, but the fact that they're so young was like it kind of bothered me, and like it left me with this weird, unsettling feeling. But at the same time, like it was so interesting and so fascinating because it's like this world of like elite privilege that i'll never be a part of but also Mm. it's apparently taking place like a half hour away from where i live yeah um and it's being made into the show by the person who did euphoria (gasps) so yeah that's so it'll be it'll
2: probably be like elevated and not it's like not gonna be a cw show right they're gonna probably add grit to it
1: yeah, and I think if I think it could be done really well, but I don't know how I feel about it being adopted. Like, I'm curious to see. Wait, mm-hmm. I think for it to be like good, they need to show like all the insane shit. How did you feel about the book? How many stars and like the
0: so ending? And everything? I gave it four
1: stars okay. because like I read it so fast and like I definitely did enjoy it, but I think if di- if didn't trigger like anxieties I had from being in this like situation. I might've given it five stars, but like I went through, I'm sure people listening like might have been (laughs) being a sorority, but like that was something that was like so anxiety inducing for me and was like not fun for me. And then I was like reading these 14 year olds go through it. And I was like, Oh, this shit like sucks. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, like, The mystery was good. And also it's a YA thriller that's important to keep in mind. Like it is YA. So like everything is kind of surface level. It doesn't go so super in depth. But yeah, I think if you're looking for like a fun, like gossip girl murder book,
0: (laughs) this is it. Okay. Becky, what did you read? Well, this is a good transition. I feel like into mine because I don't know. It just feels right. Because I don't know. It feels right. (laughs) (laughs) So I read Watch Over Me by Nina LaCour. So this book came out... Last week, September 15th. Um, So first of all, sorry, guys. I'm talking about another depressing book with a (laughs) bunch of trigger warnings. I'm sorry. But this one, seriously, it's a really good book. So anyway, the trigger warnings are abuse, abandonment, and cults. Um, So again, fast forward if you don't want to hear it, you know, where to find the timestamps. If you don't, it's in the show notes. So watch over me. It's apparently the follow-up to the book by Nina LaCour called We Are Okay, which i did not know and i did not read. Ooh. So if you haven't read We Are Okay, i think because i was able to read this book and enjoy it, i think you can still read this book and enjoy it. I do plan on reading We Are Okay at some point, i think. Um so if there is some sort of connection, I'll let you know, I guess. Um so this is about Mila. She's a young girl who's aging out of the foster care oh. system. Um her foster family's like getting ready to have a baby of their own, so they're kind of like, "All right, it's time for you to go." Yeah especially because she's aging out. But she does believe that, like, that family really did care for her. And she is kind of, like, of the understanding of, like, all right, like, I get it. They just want to have their own family. You come to this understanding. It's not really explicitly said you just kind of see her get this position. But you come to this understanding that she's been interviewing for this position as a teacher on this farm in this remote area in Northern California that takes in these young foster children and gives them a place to live. And they, like go to school at the farm. And so Mila is interviewing to be one of the teachers. So she really hopes that she finds refuge in this farm and she can start over and kind of start a new life and come into her own at this farm. And she immediately when she gets there, she realizes that she feels super welcome. She likes all the people there. She has her own like one room cabin that she lives in. They all eat dinner together. The cabin has like a wood burning fireplace to keep Ooh. her night at warm at night, <laughs> to keep her warm at night. Okay, which is so dreamy. I want one. <laughs> I knew you were gonna um, say you wanted one. <laughs> I want one. I want a fireplace so wood burning. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, give me one. New York City problems. Uh, <laughs> always not you not working fireplaces not that i even have a fireplace anyway <laughs> but that's a whole other conversation anyway um so she has one student to begin with at the farm that she's a teacher at and his, he's a young boy named Lee. So Lee and Mila are the two newest arrivals at the farm. And they bond kind of over the shared experience of being new to the farm and, like, learning um, all about it and being there for the first time. So the farm is a freaking weird place to be. It's a weird place. Farms in general, I think, And it will weird. get you in the fall. <laughs> <laughs> Especially ones that people, like, collectively live on. Collective farms. Um, if you get so what like I mean. like,
2: call Families. <laughs>
0: <laughs> this book will definitely get you into the fall mood. It gives you fall vibes. It's very atmospheric, this book. Nina does write beautifully, atmospherically, like you you really feel the vibe of the place and the vibe of the people. Um, I could not do it justice to describe it. When I first wrote out my notes for this, I tried to describe the farm and then I was like, I'm not going to bother because <laughs> I'm going to ruin it. So just read it. Um <laughs> But the thing that makes it really freaking weird is that there are ghosts that mingle throughout the farm. Ghosts? Yes! What? Animals- yes. Are yes. we in
2: Hogwarts? No, no,
0: no. no. Not that kind and of Not ghost.
2: Casper's? They're they- like the scary ones that shake you awake at night? Well,
0: that's something Whoa. you have to read the book to find out. So they interact with the residents. So for some reason, Lee and Mila are the only people at the farm that don't have these kind of like bracelets or jewelry that are like gold that everyone else at what? the farm seems oh, to have. Suck. And all of those people seem not to, talk to the be not bothered by the ghosts they're like oh my god they're like fine with it like one of the characters who's like in mila's you know age group he's god. one of the other teachers he like goes and plays with all the little kid ghosts Why? and like oh. they're all he like does yeah he's hey like playing friends. with them And she's like what <laughs> and then but meanwhile like mila and lee have are like super unsettled and they're like haunted by these ghosts oh. they're like oh what in the world? And Lee's ghost is like making really mean faces at him. And he's like a little kid and he's like, he won't stop staring at me. And like Mila has this ghost. That's like this young girl dancing, always dancing. And she's like, not necessarily scared of this ghost, but just feeling unsettled, like this ghost Dude, is following me. Yeah, not really I don't sure. think
2: I want silent dancers following me around. <laughs> they're not—they're
0: not, not necessarily oh, si- silent. Oh, great! But nonetheless, so they're talking to you not, too. They're just spinning
2: around and they're like, "Hey, I'm dead. Hey, I'm dead. Hey, I'm dead." And you're like, "Please, I'm doing my homework." <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> that's not quite it but read the book Um, i will
0: throughout the book the farm seems to be giving mila these nightmares about her past so she doesn't want to think about what happened to her before she went into foster care and all of these things that like these dreams are forcing her to remember um so you do go into her past and you do see how she gets there through these like nightmares and flashbacks and i'm not gonna say anymore
1: oh my god um
0: i'm gonna leave that leave it there
1: okay was it like spooky like
0: Ooh, I a vivid dreamer. I would have nightmares. It's not I wouldn't call it spooky, but it was definitely sad. Okay. It was definitely heart wrenching. It's kind of a story about rebirth and kind of f- facing your past and dealing with like the demons oh, in your wow. life. It knocked oh. me out. I will say this is one of those books that put me in a reading oh. slump. Oh
2: that's good usually right
0: yeah but I feel like maybe I read it at the wrong time in my life like in a time where I'm feeling already kind of down so I read it and then felt even more down and I don't know what to tell you about the right time to pick up this book because I feel like we're all a little bit down sometimes (laughs) I don't know I can totally see why the author won awards for this, for not for this but for her writing she it's very lyrical and dreamy but yeah it just like bummed me out. Like it's it's sad and like and I don't think it's necessarily like the subject matter is semi sad, s- definitely sad. But it was not just that, but the writing style and the way she wrote was so dreamy and atmospheric oh, and like fuck. it just like made me feel <laughs> if that makes sense. I highly recommend it, but I highly recommend you go into it with the knowledge that it's gonna make you feel like it's not a light read it's not going to cheer you up so know that going in but I loved it loved it like so so good it's short I think I read it in like a day and I think it's a really good book for fall it's like there's kind of like flowers and green atmosphere talked about but it's like transitional and like northern Mm -hmm. California so you you you've there's talk about wool sweaters and like (laughs) it'll get you in the mood
2: i'm curious i think i might read we are okay first though too yeah becky you told me i'd like this but then someone from the internet said like you should really read this it's very like so now the-
1: because the person from the internet told you you're sold <laughs>
2: yeah
0: <laughs> but um was it five-star read yeah i loved it, it i did yeah i think oh, I wait,
1: becky do you think you'll
0: read "We are okay Yeah, I think I'm going to, but I feel like I need to prepare myself emotionally because after reading- It's so beautiful. I feel like after reading this one, the way it made me feel, Mm -hmm. I need to like, I don't know, I just feel like I need to be ready for it because- We Are
2: Okay, I imagine like they're probably not.
0: (laughs) Not okay? (laughs) Yeah, I don't think they're okay, (laughs) but but we'll see. Is anyone okay? You guys should read. (sighs) But I do, I do feel like I am totally on board for Nina LaCour and her writing. Like, it's so, so good.
1: Oh, that's exciting. I love when you find, when you read a book and you're like, oh my God, I cannot wait to read the rest of their work.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Emily, what did you read?
2: At times like these, you know, deciding the order of who's going to speak really works out in our favor because the book I'm about to talk about You're the one who decides the order that we speak. That's what I'm saying. Uh It worked out in my favor.
0: No, it's totally (laughs) random and on the fly and totally and not, not at planned. all my
2: job. So, <laughs> so I feel like the book I'm about to talk about today touches on all the themes that we discussed. Oh. Of. Ooh. Oh. Everything. Dark, elite, rich people.
1: Of oh, I know what you're talking about. I saw, you, I saw your notes. Oh, what? I didn't, you I, didn't see, I didn't see. You cheater! I didn't see. I didn't see. Do it. I saw it this morning.
2: Kayla! She lied to my face for seven hours. Let the record Wait, show. You <laughs> didn't enter it
3: until like two minutes ago right yeah you no. had it
1: somewhere else then between
3: episodes
2: and <laughs> right, we for eight
3: hours
1: <laughs> i forgot that i
2: saw it <laughs> Anyways, it touches on um rich people getting up to no good touches on Love making that. your mark and in feeling included hell yeah and it touches on motherfucking cults and today i am talking about this yes. secret history by donna tart oh my god oh got my the book, god with you
0: she's holding up the book guys wait Emily, I i'm so book. excited i have been meaning to read Thank this you. for so long i, cannot, I know nothing me. about I'm this shocked. book
2: all right so so please educate me yeah so a little um <laughs> yeah education for everybody so donna tart <laughs> speaking of cults has a cult-like following like <laughs> truly i think people are obsessed with her writing i have a question wait she wrote the goldfinch uh, yes
3: did you read the goldfinch she read
2: I read the Goldfinch what did you, first. What did you think? Then I was okay on it. I was Same. like, "It's a little long." Actually, I picked it up before the Gram at the Strand, and the I saw that it <laughs> before yeah, the Gram was, at the Strand. I was Strand. roped in by the cover, and then I asked the employee, and they were like, "Cause I, it was on the way out of the checkout, so I picked it out on a whim." And they were like, "It gets a little like slow in the middle, but stick with it," and which is what I did, and that's how I felt about the Goldfinch. And then I was like, I saw this other book, Read the Premise, because um, The Secret History, I think, has, like, an online cult following that doesn't translate into, like, real life. So unless you're part of the Bookstagram community, I don't know that this is, like, hyped as much.
1: Yeah, because I see it referenced all the time right, on Bookstagram, the secret- and I'm like, I don't know what anyone. So I read The Secret
2: <laughs> History second, loved it way more, and bought her other book, The Little Friend, which I haven't read yet. But The Secret History is one of my all-time favorite books. Actually, I oh, wrote here that wow. um, I read it December 2018. It was the first review I wrote on Goodreads because it was the oh first book that wow. I read that I was like, I need to process how I feel so you can read my, like, ramblings because they don't make a oh ton God, of sense. my God, so cute. But it's the first book that I was like, holy shit, this book. And so before I talked about, like, dark academia, as like a subgenre and i feel like this is the grandfather of that genre so think like tweed autumn marble statues red wine dusty classrooms oh Oh, Oh, my god animal sacrifice blood incest what so here we go um and it's like (laughs) this is coming out mid-september and it's like the perfect book for this vibe (laughs) and then an additional thing is like not only the setting which we've talked about in catherine house kind of this idea of being in the fall on a campus type thing but it's also kind of it's not a mystery in the sense that you don't know what happens but there's murder like dark shit happens and i would describe it you're talking about
1: dead animals
2: yeah (laughs) among other things i would describe it as like a why done it instead of a who done it and I never Ooh. read another book like that. <laughs> like, you know who dies on literally the first page.
3: And oh. you have to figure out
2: why, like what oh, I got them to that, like that point.
3: Okay. Yeah, that's nice.
2: This book takes place at a small liberal arts school in New England. I was thinking like Mer- Vermont maybe because then I got interested in Donna Tark. And the acknowledgements shouts out, like, Brett Easton Ellis, and mm. who's the guy that did American Psycho. Not a perfect person, and neither is Donna Tartt. She brings a lot of privilege and, like, whitewashing into her, her writing. But in the context of writing like, an elite private school, I think she does a great job. Um, so, so they're at, like, this small liberal artsy school. And we're following the first person perspective of this guy named Richard, who's like a kid from a small town in California. He's not very well off money wise and maybe like doesn't fit into his family. Like he's more bookish and they're more like blue collar. Um, so he makes it to this liberal arts school in, you know, as most people do when they're at a small institution, they're trying to make their way and try to feel included. Um, so I don't know, like think maybe Oberlin or something. Um, so we're not talking about an education where you're going to these big classes and like there are thousands of people in your major. Like this is a very like tailor-made school where like people are tailoring their studies to like specific things like niche topics. And it's all about group discussion.
0: Kind of like the new school? A
2: little yeah, just, you know, like the liberal artsy humanities, Choose your yeah, own like adventure. humanities types things where like it's smaller class sizes and the experience is designed for discussion. So we're not talking like mass produced academia. We're talking about small tailored. Ins- and so there's a lot of onus on you as a student when you're attending this college to like find your major in order to stay and because it's not like signing up for bio 101 it's like a little hard but of all these small groups there's one that is very very small there's only five students and a little aloof so this is the classics group so if you want to be part of the classics major there's one academic advisor and his name is Julian and he hand selects everybody who gets to become a part of the classics the classics majors do not associate with other people think like the Cullens sitting alone (laughs) at like the table they're like they're kind of like cool this is crazy because they sound like the grown-up version of
1: the players from my book (laughs) because they don't associate with anyone else right
2: right they're kind of like chic and it's not that they're like it's not that they don't well they don't really associate with other people so like if you're not a part of the classics, you don't really understand what's going on with them. And they're very chic, cultured, artsy people. We're talking like like well-made clothes. We're talking old money. We're talking like good haircuts, pearl jewelry. The kind of like, effort- like waspy? Yeah. Well, effortlessly. Old money. Yeah. It's like I think people who are new, someone like a Richard who doesn't come from like a breeding or like a pedigree. You know, you'd like invest in brand things where it's like you just look at this person and their smell, their what they drink, everything about them is cultured and it doesn't feel curated. But part of that is what's attractive to Julian, the professor. So he only includes people in his classics who he thinks are cultured and old money and who would help him. Julian's a very eccentric professor. He like has like lush rugs in his office and they all like sit around and you know, there's not really homework. It's like you're supposed to read and come to class and discuss, but not really get a grade because you want to participate. And their homework is very heady. It's like we're specializing in Greek, like ancient Greek. And like we're learning like all these old myths and like really think like the Met as people or something. <laughs> so <laughs> the this group is very mysterious and and kind of like aesthetics based, and their motives seem a little to be like like I said, Julian hand picks people who appear to be wealthy and educated and and connected. wait,
3: do do people have to like apply or he picks people in different majors and like brings them into the classics major? It's
2: I think the logistics I forget. Mm. he kind of has to scout you out. like okay. he has to notice you. so you have to be like noteworthy, and this is important because Richard is trying to blend in. He's trying to find his home, as you do when you're going to college. But recognition from this group is so powerful because they're so revered. There's such a a standard that you feel special that you were noticed. You're like, I must be smart and cool and cultured because Julian noticed me and he wants to rope me in with these people. Mm. So Richard gets accepted into the classics major. And everyone has really pretentious names like white people names like bunny and charles and camilla and henry bunny (laughs) Bunny. what year
0: year does this take place
2: so yeah it's published 92 um so i assume it takes place during that time i see okay and so since we're in richard's point of view he's he's part of the classics major but he still doesn't feel like he's part of the group. Like he's kind of missing something. Mm -hmm. It's like a situation where he walks in. Like like, the money. (gasps) (laughs) The money. Yeah. Like he's missing the money, but also he notices like the other four. It's like when you walk in a room and other people like stop talking or like, Um. you know, like they don't dislike you, but it feels like they're hiding something. And Richard's like already got imposter syndrome being at this school where he doesn't, he's not as moneyed and connected as all these other families. But It's so exacerbated in the classics because they're so tight knit and you learn later like very very interconnected. So that's like a driving force of the tension in the book. It's kind of like what are these weird rich kids up to like they're kind of there's like things eluded, and you're like what are they doing like. (laughs) you know they're kind of being dodgy (laughs) about some things sometimes sometimes they show up you know they like to wear white and khaki and sometimes there's blood on their collar and you're like what the fuck went on last night and so Richard isn't part of this group like the expectation is this this classics majors they all get to know each other they all hang out they're all supposed to be codependent so that they can have better discussions like as a group of you know like in theory like to get a better education because it's all about like Socrates and giving into pleasure and like that's what their whole major is and so you're kind of sitting there and you're with Richard and you're like why what what are they hiding and that is the crazy thing like you're in Richard's position and you really want to know what the fuck is going on you're like (laughs) For so many pages, you keep flipping and you're like, what's happening? Like, why don't they tell me? And then you learn a piece of information and you're like, I feel like that's part of it, but that can't be the whole thing. And you you learn more and you learn more and you forget that at the beginning of the book, they told you what what the end thing is. Mm. And so throughout the book, you're like, what's going on? What's going on? What's going on? And every little piece of information you learn, I feel like you give a concession on your ethics. So it's like you rationalize this new dark thing that you learned about these characters. And you're like, well, it's not that weird because and then it gets you wanting more. And I've just never read a book where I felt like I was in a position of someone who gave up their ethics to like learn more information, to like feel included and become a part of something. So it's like. It is almost like you're join. The book made me feel like I was joining a cult because you're like in the moment you don't realize that there's something wrong, and then with only the end once you finish and once you get to the end and once you have perspective you're like those kids not good people (laughs) like this major (laughs) not good like because you bought into the concept (laughs) of it being like oh it's a liberal arts school blah 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 this kind of thing moneyed people you know you you fill in all the blanks that's the best part of her writing is. Your like training about your assumptions about these characters fills in all the blanks, and when you learn pieces of information about them, you excuse their their behavior. Whoa. And she takes you like to the edge of morality. Like, by the end of the book, there were some things that if I told you the objective facts, you'd be like, "What the fuck? Those are horrible people. And in the moment you read that and you're like... I guess like I could see where they're coming from. It's just so fucking crazy because you are Richard and you want to be part of this group. And so you'll do anything it takes to learn the secrets. And I was like, damn, girl, you got it. And that's like the dark academia. That's why it's my gold standard. It's like it takes the concepts of academics of being a part of an educational institution that's liberal and free thinking. It's like you justify all these things, but it's like that gone really wrong. That sounds you don't good. Like, interrogate your sphere of bubble, you know, like your sphere of privilege.
0: I went to go add it to my um, To Be Read on Goodreads and I already had added it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you just reinforced that I've got to read this. It's
2: the perfect fall read. It's good at any time. Um, and it made me feel like implicated. It was weird because I felt like, I like implicated that. in what was being unveiled. Like, so, yeah. Um, so
0: after finishing it, would you want to be part of this major?
2: Well, that's the crazy thing. It reminds me of Catherine House. Like, at the end, you're like, oh, this is so fucked up. But as part of it, you're like, I don't know. Like, I kind of want to be cultured. Like, you want to be perceived. (laughs) It's kind of weird because it fucks with your your mind because you're like, I do want to be perceived as worldly. And, like, that's the whole, I think, people who want to be educated and come off as, like, smart individuals, that you would be prayed to something like this. Because it's like, I, mm. you know, a classics thing would, would make me appear educated and cultured. And that's, like, things that I am after. That's things that Richard is after. But it's like, what would you do to give those things up? And it's like, ooh. And then I realized, I guess I would do a lot, including <laughs> maybe murder. Give no, up it's just all like, all like oh, there's <laughs> <laughs> It's all these wow. little things that, like, straight up all these little, like, ethical dilemmas that are unveiled through all these different characters that's cool and by the end you're just like everything it's like maybe maybe there's like stealing or something you know like you know like little situations where at the back of your head you're like what's the what's my ethics in on this position and at every turn like I didn't even know realize I was being manipulated because at every turn I was just like yeah I mean they I they could be right and by the end of the book you realize you're siding with narcissistic assholes and at the beginning, you're like, this is a group of students. And it's just, like, really <laughs> crazy and very good. Wow.
0: What did you rate it?
2: Like, five stars. <laughs> and a whole, like, ha- Dickensian good pay, uh, Goodreads review. I started to read review. your
3: Goodreads review during we got to take that up. I'm going to wait until after I read the book, and then I'll read it.
2: Yeah, because it's a little, like, hodgepodgey, and I I was, like, writing an essay. <laughs> so
3: yeah, you start off <laughs> with, like, a thesis you your Goodreads. Yeah,
2: yeah, I do. I don't do that anymore, but... And in
0: this in this thesis, I I will.
2: Well, (laughs) it's funny because I still to this day try to write my Goodreads reviews as my immediate afterthoughts. So those were that was like how much I was thinking when I finished this book. Because some books I'm just like, wow, that was that made me feel something. This book I was like, let me try to formulate my opinions on ethics in society, and it was just like, (laughs) wow. I don't read a lot of books like that, and I casual, yeah, like I didn't really. I was okay about the goldfinch. Mm. this book i was like gonna have on my shelf forever like this is one of my Yay. hug my heart books you know i was like oh
0: would you kiss the book no.
2: kiss it because there's gross <laughs> um, people in it. here you'll know people who have read the secret history and that's part of it too because even the discussion of the secret history feels like a secret it's like so many people mm. read and talk about it it like plays into its, its like own fight club. it kind of wait, is wait do you know i mean fight club would you recommend? That's is said, it like yeah. a quick read or pretty dense or? I think I read it like on break. It's like 600 pages, but Are I think. Are they like page the, turner it, pages? Well, she's a little verbose, I will say. That's like her thing. <laughs> that was my thing
3: about Goldfinch, yeah.
2: And I think the the main thing here is that drive to figure out what's happening. The tension gets you keeping. It's like the atmospheric writing of like. What is happening here? Cause you and that made me like keep reading into the night and the morning. Like I was like, what the fuck is going on at this school with these people? Like, why are they being so cagey about this thing? I think it took me like a couple days. It was, it was pretty fast for me. Um. So yeah. Cool.
0: I want to read it. So, what are you gonna read next, Emily? Oh,
2: so we were told about um this author Sophie Hannah that writes Hercule Poirot. Like Agatha Christie's character, so I want to read, um, the Killing at Kingfisher Hill, which is coming out now, but it's like based on Agatha Christie's character from the 20s. Oh, nice! So cool. So, what are you reading, uh, next, Kayla?
1: Next for me is it's so on brand for me, um, A Most English Princess by clara McHugh. <laughs> I'm so excited because it's about Queen Victoria's oldest daughter, who I think history has kind of forgotten,
0: mm-hmm. and she was
1: pretty cool.
3: Libby. I'm going to read The Binding by Bridget Collins, oh. which
0: is our book club pick. <laughs> but
3: I got it in the mail, so I'm excited.
0: Um, Becky, what are you reading next? I'm going to read Don't Look For Me by Wendy Walker. Oh, I want to read that too. I feel like I've seen which is that. Which a thriller. I haven't read a thriller in a while, so I'm excited. I'm in the mood. It has a really good cover too. It does, yeah. Nice. So where can everyone find you guys on Instagram? Emily?
2: I'm at the Lazy Library. Libby?
0: I'm at sleep, run, read, repeat, Kayla. I'm at Red Redwood. And I'm at Becky in the
1: bookshelves. And you can find all of us at Books in the City Pod. Make sure you're tagging us using hashtag mybooksandthecity whenever you're posting books that we've inspired you to read or in our merch. Follow us on Twitter at Pod. like our Facebook page, Books in the City Podcast. Join our fan club at com. Pretty much everything is at com yeah if you're ever
0: lost that's where yeah, you can find just your head way. there <laughs> thank you to our carrie level producers carrie kissinger kat martin brenna collins elizabeth jamka and Susie southwick yay thank you guys Thanks for listening, for listening.